0: Veterinary CE is changing. We are seeing a trend towards smaller, more independent conferences all over the country, both online and in person. This week, we've got founders of one of the earliest online virtual conferences and communities to talk to you about the changing trends in veterinary CE. This week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And if you are a licensed veterinary professional, you're required to get continuing education credits. And traditionally, we have gone to conferences and many of us go to large conferences with hundreds or thousands of our colleagues to get our CE requirements. But That's all changing. And this week, we've got three of the founders of one of the very first virtual online conferences to tell us what they see for the future of veterinary CE. But before we get into that conversation, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And Becky, I am so delighted that we have you and our special guests back. We've kind of talked to them before. These are, are friends of the Viewfinder family, but it's really a timely conversation because we just had Gene O'Neill, the CEO of the North American Veterinary Community, talk about the shift in their strategy towards more smaller, he called it micro learning experiences, virtual online conferences and so forth. But You know, Becky, you guys were kind of doing it before doing it was cool. So I want you to introduce (laughs) our guest and tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, both of these folks have been on our show before for various topics. Miss Julie Legard has been on our show, probably our most repeat guest. And last year, she was here (laughs) to talk about Vet Team Global Stream 2020 when we launched. But this year, we have the pleasure of Miss Monique Fairchild to join us as well, and she is one of the other founders. We still couldn't get Jade Velasquez off of her work schedule because she is carrying that team as a manager, but we have two of the four of us here today to talk about that Team Global Stream 2021.
0: Well, Becky, kind of dial back for the Viewfinder family that might have missed that podcast last year. Explain what was the catalyst that sort of you know propelled you guys into doing this vet team global stream in the first place?
1: It's funny. We were just um, reminiscing about this on our last call we meet on Sundays because we've pretty much hit the one year anniversary of when we started. So this time last year, as everybody knows, the world was literally shutting down. Right. And um, Monique texted me very stressed out with like <laughs> this situation. And I am a highly empathetic person. And as she was disclosing the educational content that had been canceled for her, I was seeing a lot of my other colleagues who who give education professionally um, losing tons of opportunities. And I was super stressed about this because it wasn't just about – like losing money and losing speaking jobs, it was about all this education wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to network. We weren't going to learn. We weren't going to grow. We were shutting down, and we were shutting down in every way possible. And um, so I'm kind of one of them crazy leap before you lookers. <laughs> and so I texted Monique back and was like, "Hey, um, what if we? What if we maybe could like do something virtual?" And she's like, "It's not a crazy idea. Like you could be onto something." Uh, A couple text messages later, while Miss Julie was sitting in spring training baseball for her son, she gets phone calls (laughs) or maybe a text that was like, hey, guess what we're doing? Because if you know me, you know Miss Julie is attached to my right hip and where I go, she goes, she goes, I go. And so there was no question mark for her. Um, And then we reached out to Jade Velasquez, who had built an amazing community with um, veterinary support staff Unleashed and said, you know, hey, you have a huge community and you're a community builder. What do you think? And with that, we had this um, quad team of brilliant, amazing, hardworking women who just really wanted to make sure that education still happened. But it was it was when we thought COVID was going to be like, oh, my God, maybe till June.
0: Right, right. So so, Monique, you're putting together this quad squad, as Becky just called it. And so, you know, you, you, I, I just want to really make sure that the, the Viewfinder family understands. This was because you were also, you know, you were kind of saying, look, we're going to miss out on the connections, the networking, the community that we're so accustomed to, to sharing, right? I mean, it wasn't just business and it wasn't just education. There was also this relationship aspect,
2: Well certainly. And I mean part of it was definitely business, but we We really need each other in veterinary medicine. Like our jobs are hard and we need that interconnected community to support us. And one of the ways that I think a lot of us maintain that support system is by doing things like meeting at conferences. I mean, I have local friends, even Jade, who's one of our co-founders. And I laugh. I said, gosh, I feel like I fly 3000 miles on a plane to see you. And she lives half an hour from my house. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, but we were we knew that that opportunity was going to be missed although i agree with becky we all had hoped that the world would be a lot less changed for a shorter period of time than it has been but the plus side to going virtual for us is that we aren't we have the opportunity to reach people who do not normally get to have ce so the people who don't have that supporting connection that they get by going to large conferences They oftentimes don't get to attend these at all, and we can bring it right to them, right to their couch. And it's really a great grassroots feeling to be able to reach people with amazing quality content and create that community online at their house.
0: Right. And Julie, I mean, you and Becky have long been champions for reaching those people in the rural areas. I mean, you yourself live in Minnesota, and yet you were able to bring... I would argue NAFTA kind of into this much larger, broader nationwide community, right? So bring us back to, to getting to this community and the sense of, hey, we want C E we want opportunities that target our needs. So so how did that factor in? You know, you want to you've taken all this experience from NAFTA and other places that you've done amazing work with, but you know, you then said, Hey, look, we've got an opportunity here to reach those people in Indiana, Iowa that don't always get to go to VMX or WVC.
3: Yeah, I mean it's true. I you know, we were missing it and we went to conferences all the time. It made us think about the people that don't get to go to those conferences, yeah. like Monique said, and given give them an opportunity to meet and hear the fabulous speakers that we get to hear and call our friends on, on a regular basis. Uh, the other aspect is not, you know, a lot of these practices in the rural areas are very, very small. So they can't leave for certain time frames. They they don't have a lot of CE money to to go anywhere. So we were trying to make it affordable for them and accessible. And we actually were very surprised at the networking that we, they were able to do during that time frame. The chat was going like very <laughs> right. strongly. They, tra- right. they <laughs> crashed our system. They yeah. were networking yeah, I mean. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were just reaching out to each other and engaging even in like the brunch that we had with the Bridge Club, with um, Kelsey Beth, right. you know, doing right. the concert. Right. They were engaged and it was fun.
0: And Becky, that's something I want to talk about, too, this technology. As we're recording this, Viewfinders, I mean, right now, uh, one of the world's larger conferences, the BSAVA, is actually down, right? So technology was a big barrier. I mean, you guys were literally not only taking a leap of faith, could we do this or not, but you don't even know if the technology is going to hold up. So maybe talk through that and and (laughs) maybe even some of the hiccups that you experienced.
1: The only thing people said you can't do— is create a conference this quickly. They they were like, right. you cannot get the technology. But luckily I had done my homework and talked to a few um, companies and I was like, no, like it's already there. We actually can do this. Um, and it was new to the company that we used. And, you know, we want to have that virtual experience. You know, we walked through um, virtual VMX on the last podcast or, or two podcasts ago, I guess. Um, and it was amazing and exactly the visual engagement we wanted but like we're talking about four people out of pocket (laughs) on a wing and a prayer literally like paying for things with our registration um putting things out of pocket like we had we weren't like this when you think about the money that gets poured into these huge conferences from sponsors it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're over here like um hey, hey, trying to hide my business from my
3: husband in case he <laughs> wonders where <laughs> it's coming from so you know we have to say for technician salaries right right <laughs> so, no doubt <laughs> I-, I really
1: have to say he'll stepped up, um, with very little information and immediately said, we are on board to help you. Virox stepped up and said, we don't know you even know what you're talking about, but we got your back. (laughs) Um, We had um, Win Feline Foundation. And then there were several sponsors and exhibitors who did jump on board. The people who jumped on board last year literally were like, what are you talking about a virtual conference? How would this work? And it's so funny to sit back and look now and everyone is speaking that virtual language. They already know what it looks like. I was over there trying to like, song and dance them with trying to visualize what they're how they're gonna work with people (laughs) and now this is like an everyday thing in like a year it's so amazing to think how far um it has come but also i will never stop being amazed that we put that together in in like seven and a half weeks
0: oh yeah it's impressive guys so i mean again vet team global stream this is a very big deal and what you accomplished is phenomenal but becky it had far reaching impacts because I would argue that the shift we've seen from like NAVC towards, you know, this more micro learning, as, as we mentioned earlier, that Gene was talking about and, you know, having monthly types of conferences and summits. I mean, you guys were kind of, I think, establishing a trend there of more targeted CE. So Monique and Becky and Julie, how did that factor into it? I mean, did, did, was part of your vision to say, look, there are certain topics and, and concepts that we think, our audience, our community needs to hear more of that they're not getting maybe from a VMX or a Western States?
2: I can say a little bit about that from my perspective, which is kind of flipping the script actually to the question that you asked. The question that I was asking myself is how can I bring them everything that they would get at some place like VMX or Western States? but to their house, Ah, to their neighborhood, into their community. How can I take this huge experience and turn it into something that can feel like a community experience for them, which I think is just another lens to look through the same concept that you're talking about. And, you know, I said, I want the A-team. Like my role initially was uh, speaker wrangling. So can I find the educators? Will they be interested in the project? Can I call in favors? Do these people like me enough to say yes to this crazy idea of, hey, by the way, we started a new company and we started a new veterinary conference and no one's ever done this before, but I hope you like (laughs) me enough to say yes so that we can try. (laughs) And uh, You know, it far exceeded my wildest expectations. I was so touched by the generosity of people being willing to get on board so quickly during a really turbulent time and join this project and really believe in the project and believe in us. And it was pretty amazing. You know, I had a lot of sort of life-changing moments arranging that first set of speakers when your cell phone goes off. And I mean, I'm a veterinary technician specialist in behavior. So for me, when my <laughs> cell phone goes off and I look at it and it says Colorado, and I work for Fear Free a lot. So I thought, oh, it's one of the people from Fear Free. So I pick up the phone and she's like, hey, this is Temple.
0: <laughs> and I said,
2: I'm sorry, what? And she's like, Temple, you know, Temple Grandin? And in my brain, I'm going, "Whoa, Temple and just called me on my cell phone. What is <laughs> happening?" And it was because she was she was agreeing to present for our conference. So, you know, things like that, bringing that huge experience into people's homes, I think, is all, is one piece of building community in veterinary medicine in a new way.
0: And Julie, you're no stranger to this. I mean, you know, I credit you with, with really helping advance NAVTA in so many ways, and, and I'm forever grateful for that. But I mean, so you were used to trying to corral large numbers of people, you know, with different agendas and opinions. I mean, how, how did that experience factor into the success of VTGS?
3: So I think, you know, the networking opportunities, like I stated before, but also we want to make the conference that it's useful to them. So they were giving us ideas for this year, they were asking for more, and we were very happy to do that. Um, It gave us excitement to hear the great things they were saying, even though we experienced some of the Um, technical difficulties, (laughs) which made us panic, (laughs) Um, but I think that, you know, understanding that not everybody has the accessibility really opened our eyes and made us think, how can we get this to those people, but also, you know, engage with the people that we normally engage with, and I think, you know, just that um, whole professional um, do good and, you know, excitement helped with that.
0: Becky, what about cost? I mean, you know, one of the biggest criticisms of like the big conferences over the years has been... Inflation, right? I mean, there's been this registration creep, as some of us have referred to it as. It's just gotten more and more expensive, and and obviously they're offering more and more stuff, and you know, big giant, you know, celebrities that come out and open things and all that, big bands and you know, whatnot. But I mean, how do you factor? I mean, you're trying to make it accessible, like like Beck, uh, like uh, Julia saying. How do you factor cost into this? And then more importantly, how do you actually pull this thing off, kind of on a shoestring budget?
1: I would guess that. Our other co hosts are laughing that you directed that question to me. <laughs> um,
0: because
1: I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. <laughs> so I may or may not look at obstacles as I jump over them. So I don't necessarily think about things like costs. And so my amazing team members were really good at kind of like taking my heels and pulling me back down and saying like okay becky however this is gonna cost this and this is gonna-. and i'm like yeah that's true. we're gonna find it don't worry i did also i think it's probably like there's got to be some statute of limitation the u.s postal service can't come back <laughs> at me but i screwed up our, our mailing um and instead of sending flat rate i sent first class but i paid for 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 flat rate um And it was like a $9,000 screw up and I had to go back to the team and tell them that. So I think they're probably laughing that you would even ask me about money (laughs) because I am the worst. Um, But that being said, like it it, it was we we scrambled. And and again, that's where I give, you know, um, Hills credit because they were the first to say like, yes, this sounds crazy, but we're going to help you. Um, There were people who came out and helped us. And then the other thing was this entire veterinary technician community totally believed in us they were like okay and they started signing up for a conference that had no speakers listed yet no schedule up yet and was literally just going on faith that we were going to give them an awesome time okay and their registration helped us have a financial foundation to take care of things as they happened um and then, you know, we fronted things to make it happen. So, like, it, it, on a shoestring budget, it was insane. I can't even believe what we were able to do on a shoestring budget. I really, truly feel like we got, you know, wine from water here. And yeah. it's because everyone that was involved with that conference believed in us. Steve Dale was immediately writing articles about us. Um, there were just so many people out there that were sharing it. that were, and that were and, and these amazing speakers. You saw the A-team that Monique talked about, they stepped up and they were like, I let's they started reaching out to their sponsors to get their sponsors to pay for them. Um again, Virax, they supported us in, in having Temple Grandin. People were going nuts, Temple Grandin was gonna be there. Um, you know, Steven, Sattal, he, he, he Tosh McNearney. I mean, we had people right. who are, write the books, right? They write the books that these people learn from. And they are our colleagues and respected professionals that were, they were so excited to help us. So a shoestring budget, like you're talking about money, but we had so many resources in terms of support and human capital that it offset.
0: Right. So, Monique, just continuing this conversation, because it's an important point, and that is making CE world-class, as you say, CE affordable. For all, everybody, as many people as possible. So, what is the commitment of VTSG B- to sort of keep costs down to attendees? Like, is that part of the mission?
2: That is absolutely part of our mission, particularly because support staff, technicians, customer service, support staff, assistance, that was really where our heart was on year one. And we understand that financially, they may not have as much resources, for instance, veterinarians or practice owners would. So absolutely, we're really committed to keeping this an affordable experience now and into the future. Uh, We also really take great care of students. So if you are a student in a veterinary program or a veterinary technician or a veterinary assistant program, uh check out the registration for students because we're super taking care of you we want to help foster that next generation of veterinary professionals uh, and help them know that they can do it right and they can do it right from home
0: yeah. And viewfinders, I, I just really want to emphasize that point. Th- this group is 100% dedicated to making sure they bring world-class CE to you, wherever you might be at an affordable cost. Julie, you and I both have been involved in organized veterinary medicine for a long time, which means we have to deal with a lot of sponsors. And Becky has said, hey, look, mm-hmm. you guys had some key players step up, you know, like Hills in particular, Virox in particular, you know, that, that helped you. But what I'm also hearing on my side of the ledger from the corporate sponsors of the world is they're saying look guys there's just getting to be too many like everybody's asking for something and back in the old days I think they liked it because they just dumped a whole lot of funds into two or three or four big conferences how do you think this fragmentation this this rise of independent veterinary conferences is affecting the role of corporate sponsors I mean is it gonna are they gonna step up and continue? To, to spend more money, or do you see see them sort of starting to curtail some of that spend?
3: Well, I think they've they've already started to curtail. You know, as you said, is because their budgets are taking a hit too. Right. Um, it's a different world as as we knew it, and um, I think that the ROI, uh, return on investment, needs to be there. So we take it at a different approach, somewhat. We really want to make it worth their while and try to accommodate their needs. So it's not like this package one for all. We sit down and listen to each of them and what they, what their mission is, what, what they're focusing on this year, and try to make them see or, you know, build on what we have to make it part of what they, they need to focus on. So we're taking a different approach that way, um, trying to make it work for both parties and then ultimately for our attendees.
0: Yeah. And and so Becky, getting, just staying there for just a second. I mean, I think what VTGS offers is a very targeted audience. And I think that's the big difference. Like if you, let's say you're a big sponsor Hills, for example, right. And they go to VMX, well, they're going to see everybody, vets, managers, vet techs. I mean, anybody, right. Whoever can pay or shows up gets to go. And they don't really know who the target audience is. Whereas I think what you guys are. providing is a very targeted audience. I think that's more beneficial. Do you see this is a trend that's going to continue to be amplified throughout CE in our profession?
1: I hope so, because for one thing, again, we, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, the outreach was like almost secondary. You know, we were like talking through if we did this virtual, what would we be able to do? How would it work? And, you know, it occurred to us what we'd be able to do and how many people we'd be able to reach. And and throughout the conference, there were so many people who said, This is my very first conference. Um, And so, you know, we knew that we were doing that. But again, like Monique said, it was near and dear to our heart to to target support staff because it it really is limited. You know, if you go to some of these bigger conferences, you have one or two tracks to choose from that are are targeted to you. Management, probably even less, maybe one. Um, And you're not getting as much out of it maybe as you could. So we knew that if we targeted this to support staff... We could really reach those individuals who you know I argue so often vet techs are not a, a consolation prize in a lot of cases, neither are veterinary assistants or customer service reps or office managers like we are professionals like we're professionals we we dress perfect. well <laughs> we yeah. may or may yeah. not dress yeah. be your talk <laughs> professional, but we are professionals and yeah. <laughs> We're there to enhance our knowledge and do the best that we can, and, and so much so that clinics are even oftentimes requiring us to have that CE, yet there's nowhere for them to go get real quality CE. And being a plus one to your veterinarian um, is as is supportive of, of this whole mess of situation that we have in hierarchy as it is. This is a yeah, support staff conference. Point veterinarians are more than welcome to hang out with their support staff, but we're here to make sure support staff have the best education they can get.
0: Oh, I love that. So, Monique, uh, obviously we'll have links to how people can sign up uh, for the conference this year in the show notes and elsewhere, but what can we expect from the 2021 Vet Team Global Stream? Yeah, what's it looking like?
2: Here it is. Well, we are doing four... All day tracks all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: uh, an extra day. Yep. We added a day. day. We <laughs> added
2: an entire extra day and also added additional hours per day. So wow. we are looking at right now. I think the thing that I really want to highlight, especially for people who came last year or people who are thinking about coming and they're not sure what to expect is we were talking earlier about community and connection. And one of the, I think, perceived drawbacks of online conferences or virtual experiences is that lack of connection. And so one of the things that we added to our conference this year is we're providing extended Q&A with our experts. So a number of our educators were willing to jump in with both feet when I sent them out their invitations. They said, hey, can I add on a 30 minute Q&A A to the end of your session where you can live interact with the attendees and they can, you can have this extended discussion because those of us who do in the past conferences and you do this really fun educational event, you get everybody really excited. And then there's 500 people in a room and you have six minutes to answer their questions. (laughs) exactly. And you miss out on this sort of deeper dive that we potentially can do as educators and that we can receive and participate in as attendees. So as a result of adding on all this awesome interactive Q&A period and guided discussion period, we are looking at over 80 hours of content that we'll be providing over the course of three days. As it stands now, and there is a always the risk of us adding more stuff at the last minute. So, um, I mean, Becky is on the team, so last last minute glitter, last minute glitter getting sprinkled on top of the conference is always expected and welcomed.
0: Yes, Becky, the glitter bomb I monster. I love it. You do well, Becky. But getting back to this again, you know, there's also this ability to see it on demand you know you can archive this stuff how does that work too because i think i still think that's the secret sauce to, to what this whole movement's about I
1: have no idea how it works i it's magic they are you you <laughs> upload it to a, a a cloud they say and then <laughs> right? you can find yourself in this cloud whenever you want over the next year which is why you the 80 hours is amazing one of the biggest things we miss out on at these in person conferences which I understand are adapting but in the beginning as the first that came out one thing we were really proud of was like hey you can attend live but then you have a full year if you can't make it this weekend you have a full year Um, you don't have to pick and choose pick what you want to watch live and at the time we did do it like actual live 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 which we were the first to learn was a (laughs) terrible idea Um, so (laughs) we had I've learned as well but we were able to to help people get the full 40 hours or 50 hours that we offered through for an entire year and even into 2021 right so people who yeah. you know now that 2021 has for most boards extended the online offering counting is live and all of that you know people are even able to get more bang for their buck into the two years so it, it it was so beneficial. You come, you enjoy it, the events live, you enjoy the conference live, you enjoy the chat live, and then you have a year to go back and review all that content, um, which I love because, again, conferences are so overwhelming for your brain, right? Like when you can break that down into times you want to consume it or just say, like, I know I heard this. What what was that? And go back and, and access it. You know, we also had notes and downloads. I mean, we were full. And, and these swag bags, they got the swag bags. Oh, wow.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Julie, as we wrap up today's conversation, uh, let's put, I want you to put back on your old sort of organizational hat. Where do you see the online CE fitting into the state practice acts? Because right now, as Becky mentioned, a lot of states have kind of given us an extended grace period. They allowed us to get more CE online. But in the past, you had to sit in a chair somewhere. And if you were from Texas, you had to prove that you were sitting in a chair somewhere. How do you think this is going to change moving forward? Are these state boards going to say, yep, you're right, you can get quality CE online? Or do you think they're going to go right back to the old ways?
3: I think, and I'm hoping. um, This is my hope: is that with the um, changes within telemedicine, telehealth, teletriage, um, that states are going to fall in line too with the VCPR. Um, That will allow, and you know, with all the technology out there, um, I think that'll allow, and they will get to see firsthand that technology can be acceptable. You know, there's going to be different degrees of you know, hands-on opportunities, hearing, interacting, that type of thing, but it's all doable by virtual means, and um, you don't necessarily need to be face-to-face. We've, (laughs) I think Zoom has kind of controlled our lives, but for the last year, I feel like that's all I'm doing is interacting with people, even more so than when we were going to conferences, so I think that And I'm hoping, like I said, that the state boards will fall in line with that because it's, it is beneficial. It's beneficial to even communicate with each other and clients and everything virtually, you know, even if it is through FaceTime or, you know, Zoom calls or whatever, um, it's
0: it's all a good thing. Yeah, I I know. It was kind of funny. I was speaking with someone who sits on a state board that has the power to extend or, or roll back the online CE. And she was... You know, kind of making this argument that eh, it's just not as good a quality, yada yada. And I was like, "Well, hey, my child is in college, <laughs> earning college credits." Yeah. We just had a guest last week on who finished their PhD online. So, okay, I'm not sure I agree with that anymore. Yeah, and
1: I would argue too. Like, you, we know Vet Shows um, is running this week that we're recording, and I was watching and sitting in on a lot of the content, including you, Dr. Ernie, this morning. Ah, thank you. Um, and I was thinking about how in engaged the speaker can be in the chat, how much more Q&A actually happens with this content platform working this way, because the speaker is then fully engaged in the chat box while their lecture is just running off to the side. And they're able to truly focus on the audience where when I'm speaking, I can really only get to who's maybe willing to speak up, who's not too shy, who I see and who I have time for. So not only are you able to be more engaged in the chat, but then like Monique said, we have these breakout sessions after to continue that conversation.
3: We all know that the majority of us are introverts, Um, maybe not on this call, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but we are introverts. And to speak in front of a group is hard for a lot of us. So the chat feature allows more questions to be asked. So you, you do get that more intimate feeling and connection to the speaker.
2: Well, and I just to extend, Julie was sort of reading my mind there, which is part of why we all work so well together, (laughs) but uh, providing a different forum for people to get CE, uh, attending a large event, big conference, noisy, lots of people. There are plenty of our colleagues and like really value professionals on the team who that experience is not a good learning environment for them. And we are allowing them to have A more customized learning experience. And some people, it's helpful for them to do video on demand. Can I rewind and see what the presenter just saw, what the presenter just said again? Can I look at that and compare it to my notes? Can I think about what my questions are throughout the whole presentation and then put them in the chat? So this just gives us more different ways to connect with attendees and uh, customize it, let them customize their learning experience a little bit to better suit their learning style, too.
0: Okay, so Becky, kind of close us out today. Where can people go to sign up, learn more, you know, join this community?
1: So, you definitely want to head over to Facebook, and that's where, and Instagram, we have accounts over there. And then you can go to our website, vetteamglobalstream.com, and register. Early registration runs through May 1st, so boogie on over uh and and join us and you know if you can't um if it doesn't work for you if we don't have what you want let us know what it is what you want let us know what you love about that online learning just kind of join our community either way so that we are kind of fulfilling the needs and out there because it's really what
0: we're here to do and monique what are the dates again for the 2021 vet team global stream
2: We will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of May 2021 all day long.
0: Gosh, I cannot wait. (laughs) So if you find your family, what do you think about this trend in independent veterinary conferences? What do you think about online or virtual learning? You know, I think it serves so many wonderful, wonderful purposes that I'm just delighted and once again, just grateful for people like this, powerful women leaders that are really making a change. They saw an issue and they said, let's just solve it. And they did it. So again, thank you so much to Becky, Monique, and Julie. Longtime friends of the Viewfinder family. And just again, thank you so much for, for making some positive change in the world. Yeah, that's what we're here to Thank doing. you. Thanks
1: for Thanks so helping much. us spread the word. Come let us know what you think. Again, where are you getting your CE? You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Viewfinder. You can email us too We're at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com.
0: All right. We will talk to you next week. Until next time. bye. 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 Bye.